0: We welcome those of you who are worshiping upstairs in our modern sanctuary. And Pastor Kyle Thompson, thank you for being here today for our Summer Sound series, in which we're looking at God's work through music, both Christian music and music outside of the church. It's a very exciting series. So glad to have all of us together, one church, separate ways to worship, but all one message and the one God and one congregation together. I uh, this past Friday was my day off. I work Sunday, so Friday's like my day off, and so. Uh, Friday morning, I got up early. I wanted to mow the grass before it got 95 degrees at like 10 a.m., you know, so it's been hot and all that, although I have a friend who lives in Las Vegas. I called him this week, and it was 115 there, so I guess I can't complain too much. It's cooking out there, but uh, it's a dry heat, right, or whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, so I got up and I uh, was gonna. I had to move one of my cars out of the garage to get the mower out and back the car out. And there's like a, you know, like a quart of oil on the ground of the of the garage, so there was a leak, in like the washer, my oil oil thing. So that kind of interrupted my whole day. Had to take the car in, get that fixed, all that kind of stuff. So just stressed behind on everything that I was hoping to get done. You know how it goes sometimes. And so I was coming back from getting the car fixed. Uh, And thankfully they worked me in pretty quickly, but I saw this Jeep in front of me and it had a bumper sticker Uh, And you know, there's all kinds of bumper stickers in the world today Uh, But this one said I hope that something good happens to you today And I really needed to see that right it made me feel good because you don't you know Usually see somebody beating up your family's family or something on their bumper sticker or whatever this says right. I hope that something good happens to you today That's my hope for you today I hope that something good happens to you today, but I think I'll take it a step further. I believe that something good will happen to you today. I believe that you're going to encounter God today. I believe that you're already encountering God today. If we open our hearts to God, we will see God in the scriptures revealed today, and we will hear God proclaimed through the song that the choir is gonna sing for us later today. I believe that something good will happen to you today open your hearts, open your mind, open your strength to the power of God today. I wanna ask you, if you think about gospel music and some of the great gospel music artists in the history of gospel music, which artist do you think is responsible for the best-selling gospel album of all time? Best-selling gospel album of all time. Would you think that would be Aretha Franklin? Right, that would be a good guess. Right? The Blind Boys of Alabama. The Campbell Brothers. The Clark Sisters. Mahalia Jackson. Right? All these amazing gospel artists. None of them have the best-selling album, gospel album of all time. You might be surprised that it's from a, a movie in the 1990s. It's a soundtrack from a movie called The Preacher's Wife. Right? We got a picture of that. Right? You might not have guessed that. Denzel Washington plays the preacher, and Whitney Houston is the actress that plays his wife, the preacher's wife. And in this story about a pastor and a wife and this angel that's sent to help out the church and their family, it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, you probably find it anywhere to stream and all that kind of stuff. But it's worth watching. It's worth listening to the soundtrack because there are some amazing gospel music on this soundtrack from Whitney Houston. And she brings it, and she brings it to a new level. And so one of the songs that she sings is, I Love the Lord. I Love the Lord. We're going to hear that from our choir later today. And it is absolutely phenomenal. I Love the Lord. And this is based on uh, an original song that was written in the 1700s by a man named Isaac Watts, who wrote a lot of other hymns that are famous. right? And he wrote these lyrics, based on a psalm out of the bible and then in more modern day times when when we're living right 20th 21st century kind of times right uh, it's been reshaped and a guy named Richard Smallwood did it with lyrics and composed this song it's beautiful and then in this movie Whitney Houston sings this song I love the Lord I want to ask you today do you love God and if so why do you love God And how do you love God? I want to look at the lyrics from this song and see what Whitney Houston uh, sings uh, in this this best-selling album of all times. Let's look at the lyrics. I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. This is a singer who's going through a hard time and is grateful that they are not alone, that God is with them. Long as I, I live, and troubles rise, I hasten to his throne. All right, so this is the basics of this song. They're repeated several times, and it comes to us straight out of the Bible. Let's go look at the Bible right here from the book of Psalms, 116, 1 through 2. This is the original version of that. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. I love the Lord. I was in trouble and God heard my cry. I will always call on the Lord because he is with me. How do you love the Lord? Why do you love the Lord? When we read scripture, we see that loving God is the primary thing that we were created to do. I want to jump back to the Old Testament into the book of Deuteronomy as a man named Moses, living thousands of years before Jesus, has been called up upon a mountain by God, a bush catches on fire, God talks through the burning bush to Moses, and God gives Moses instructions. To get the people of Israel, the people of God, out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land of Israel. And God gives Moses commands for them to follow. We know of Moses and the Ten Commandments, but there are really 613 of them. Which is the most important, which is the most primary? Let's look at the book of Deuteronomy and see what it teaches us. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Moses is talking to the people. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now pay attention to this next verse. Love the Lord. I love the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So Moses is giving the people of Israel the commands from God, the laws from God, and the most important is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Right? God says, remember this. Right? Put it on your door frames. Put it on your foreheads. Put it on your arms. Right? How do we remind ourselves of the love of God? I want to go back to that one verse that we, a couple of verses, Deuteronomy uh, verses four and five here. It's called the Shema. You see that at the top? We wrote Shema. This is what these two verses are called. This is the core of what we're talking about. First is that there is only one God. There are a lot of different false gods being worshiped in the world. And so the message is there's one God, only worship the one true God. And then it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? And so this is what it's all about to love God. And so the people of Israel took this very literally. And some people who are Jewish today still do this very literally. I want to show you a picture here of a, a mezuzah. Uh, you see that little thing on the door frame that's slanted to the side? It's really thin. Right? Do you see that right beside the brick? Right? So inside that, that's called a mezuzah, is a little bitty scroll that has that passage from Deuteronomy. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your uh, soul, with all of your strength, right? God said, put it on the doorframe, right? Some of our Jewish brothers and sisters literally put it on their doorframe in a thing called a mezuzah, right? Some of the Orthodox Jews also take it very literally to put it on their foreheads and on their arms. Look, check this out, right? This is called a teflon or phylacteries, right? So you see the box on his head? Guess what's in the box on his head? It's that scroll, the scripture of the Shema, right? The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And then they have the boxes that are tied to the arms, right? God said, wrap your arms in this, right? They literally wrap their arms with this passage of scripture. And some of those leather phylacteries that go around the arm have the verse inscribed in them, right? It's a physical, literal reminder To love God with our hearts, with our souls, and with our strengths. Now, in our religious tradition, we don't do that, and that's okay. It's okay if you do, it's okay if you don't. My question would be, how do we remind ourselves of the love of God? How do you remind yourself that loving God is the most important thing, the primary thing that we've created to do? How do you love God, and why do you love God? How do we love God? Why do we love God? I want to look at what love is means in the bible the old testament's written a lot in hebrew and the new testament's written a lot in greek let's look at the hebrew and the greek words for love in the bible and we'll start with hebrew ahab to have affection for or desire delight in be fond of right that makes sense that sounds like the love that we have today let's look at the greek word there's actually three different greek words i'm going to go with this one it's the love that we have for god agapao To have a preference for, to wish well, to regard the welfare of, to take pleasure in, to prize it above other things, to be unwilling to abandon it or do without it, to welcome with desire to long for. What we see in love in Scripture are a couple of things. There's emotional love. There's affection, a desire, a wanting to be around, right? And so we know that when we think about our sweeties or our children or our grandchildren or our best friends or our siblings, right, we, we know what it's like to have that affection, right? But the Bible also talks about how love is, is more than an emotion, right? Because sometimes we're going to be really angry at the people that we love, and we're not going to feel warm and fuzzy about them, right? Might not want to be in the same room with them. Might want to scream your head off at them, right? You might want to call them an idiot or whatever, right? So sometimes the people that we love, we don't feel that warm, fuzzy emotion. Does it mean that we stop loving them? No. We love them with our actions. We choose to love them even when we don't like to be in the room with them at the moment, right? We'll get past that. We'll have the emotion, the affection come back, right? So love in the Bible is twofold. There's emotional love, right? And there's also, right, action right the way it's a choice right Uh, i want to talk to people about getting married we talk about emotional love we also talk about there'll be days that you don't want to be around each other but you have to choose to love each other choose to love each other right so today i want to think about what does it look like to love god right i think maybe a great question to start with we i've tossed it around a little bit is why should we love god why do we love god if you don't yet know who God is. Why would you consider loving God? And I think there's different reasons that we all love God. And if we're honest, right? The first reason is we love God because God does things for us, right? God is good to us. God does great things for us. The song that we're singing today, what did the psalmist write? Right? I love the Lord because God heard my cry. I was in trouble. I was in a bad place. I didn't need to be alone. I needed help and God stepped up. And delivered. Right? We love the Lord because God does things for us. God helps us in our times of trouble and because God does that, we love God. Right? We love God because God does things for us. God created us. God blew breath into our bodies and into our souls. We would not exist without God. We couldn't love unless God created us. right? God gives us the people in our lives that matter to us. Our family, our friends, our church family, right? We wouldn't have relationships without God. We love God because God does good things for us. God gives us purpose. God gives us meaning. Each and every one of you is created for a reason, for a purpose to make the world a better place, right? God gives us a reason to exist. God gives us the beauty of the earth. Right, he he gives us the creation. Right, the, we are to steward it, to take care of it. We have the beautiful mountains, and we have the beautiful oceans. We have the sunrise, we have the sunset, we have beautiful trees, we have beautiful deserts. Right, we have all this nature around us. Right, we love God because God planted us on this amazingly wonderful planet. We love God because he does things for us. He gives us puppies and kittens, right? Who wouldn't love a God who creates things like that? I'm not sure why he created mosquitoes, right? But we can take the puppies and we can take the kittens. We love God because he is with us. We love God because he stands with us in good times and hard times. We love God because God does so much for us. And by the way, God is for us and not against us. A lot of times we feel like the world's against us, the universe is against us, God is not against us. God is for us, and we love God because God is for us. We love God for the things that God does for us. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think, right, that there's more than just that we get stuff from God. Because you've probably been in a relationship where sometimes people are only your friend because they want you to, to give them something and when they don't need something, they disappear, right? That, that's not the most fun love in the world, right? Where it's a condition. I love you if you do this, right? I love you if you bring me stuff. I love you if you tell me that I'm beautiful. I love you if you rub my feet, right? At some point, it wears out. There's got to be more than just, hey, you do stuff for me, right? And so I think with God, we also love God because who God is and what God is, right? God's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the uh, almighty father, the everlasting God, the the prince of peace. God's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God is uh, the creator. God's the redeemer. God's the sustainer. God is omnipotent. He can do anything. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. God's omniscient. God knows everything. God is worthy of our love. God is good good God is forgiving God is merciful God is graceful God alone is worthy of our love we love God not just because of what God does for us we love God because of who God is and what God is and again God is for us God is not against us the God of the universe loves you created you in God's image has plans for you right and is worthy of love why do you love God and I think a third reason that we can love God is because of our identity, right? We are children of God. Just because we are heirs with Jesus, right? We are God's children, right? We can love God for no other reason than that. I think I share with you, I've been watching the old Rocky Balboa movies with my kids, the, the puncher, you know, the fighter. And uh, we've gotten through all of them, Rocky Six, right? We got all the way to the end, right? right? So just watch Rocky Six. And so Rocky's son is now an adult and he's having a hard time in life and he's struggling. And he's making some decisions that Rocky doesn't agree with. And they're having this kind of conversation. And Rocky says to his son, you know, I, I think you need to be doing some other things or whatever. But he's like, look, I want you to know I love you because you're my son. And I will always love you because you're my son. Right? I love God because God is my heavenly parent. Right? We are children of God. We, we don't need any other reason to love God than that we are his children, right? I love my boys and there's sometimes I'm happy for the things that they do, the choices that they make and sometimes I'm I, I disappointed and I hurt and I wish they'd make different decisions but nothing's gonna change my love for them. Nothing's gonna change God's love for you. God loves you now, right? And he'll never love you more, he'll never love you less. God loves you because you are his children and we can love God in return because we are the children of God. Why do you love God, my friends? Why are you thinking about God? Why are you here today? Why would you be open to God? Why do you love God? So the other question is, well, how do we love God? Because we don't see God in ways like we see our children or our grandchildren or like I'm looking at you or you're looking at me, right? Some of us will see physical manifestations of God. But for all of us, it's not always that clear. So how do you love a God that you can't always see? Right, are always here. So what does that look like? And I think that's where we we, we learn from Scripture today. All right, I want to go back to that passage of Deuteronomy, which Jesus also quotes in the New Testament. Somebody comes up to Jesus and says, okay, we got 613 laws, 613 commands from Moses. Which one's the most important? Let's see how Jesus answers that. Okay, so we've got a split screen here. So you remember the Shema, right, from Deuteronomy 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Jesus, what's the most important thing to do? Out of 613 commands, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Right? So Jesus goes back to the Shemai to Deuteronomy 6.5. He kind of switches it up a little bit. Heart is there, soul is there, and he replaces strength with mind. Right? So what's going on here? We're going to unpack that. But what I don't want you to miss is basically what Jesus is saying, what Moses heard from God was we love God with everything that we have. We love God with our emotions. We love God with our minds. We love God with our physical strength. We give everything to God because God's worthy of that, because that's what we're called to do. So, but I do want to think about, for those of you who are literally like, well, what is the heart? What is the soul? What's the strength? And what's the mind? What does that mean? Okay, so from a biblical perspective, when they said heart, right way back old testament times what they were talking about was really more than the emotion it was the mind the intellect right the decision making part of the body right so so we have an element of the mind and i think jesus brings it back to mind when he says he adds mind into this right so mind right is intellect right and so it also says soul right what's the soul it's the it's the non physical part of us it's God breathing life into us. It's, it's our personhood. It might involve our emotions. It might involve anything that's not the physical part of us, that spark of life that lives forever, right? Even when this body wears out, right? So what's inside of us. We love God with what's inside of us, outside of our bodies, right? And then our strength, right? That could be mental strength, right? We love God with our mind. It can also be our physical strength. It's how we love God in the world. It's when we feed hungry people, Right? It's when you help somebody across the street who can't walk by themselves. It's, it's when we sing in the choir. It's, we use our strength and our gifts and abilities to love God with our actions. Right? So I, I think heart and soul and mind and strength really kind of boil down to three things. Okay? So we love God physically right? with our strength. Right? That, that again, that's feeding hungry people. That's singing in the choir. That's volunteering with our children's ministry. It's, it's going out and helping people, right? We love God with our strength, right? So that's physically. We love God emotionally, right? We have an affection for God. We have warm, fuzzy feelings for God, right? We, we care about God. We, our hearts break when we see other things in the world that, that break God's heart. We, we love God because he gives us good stuff. We love God because he is who he is and is what he is. We love God in our hearts, right? Our emotions. And we love God with our minds, our intellect, right? We can think about God. And I think when we love God with our minds, we wanna put as much good into our brain so that it comes back out through our actions, right? And so we love God in good times, we love God in hard times, right? A couple of scriptures about how we can love God with our brains. Look at this. Uh, from Romans 12 to Paul writes this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right? We want God to renew our minds, to be holy minds. Let's look at the next one. This is again from Paul to the Philippians. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What do we put into our minds? What do we watch on television? What do we watch on the internet? What do we read, right? Garbage in, garbage out, right? Good stuff in, good stuff out. We love God with what we focus on, what we think about. So in your life, what does it look like to love God with your emotions? What does it look like to love God with your strength? What does it look like to love God with your mind? Because we do that for each other, right? So I love my wife, I love my children, right? I have affection for them. I, I like to be around them. I wanna spend time with them. Right? They might make me mad, and sometimes that affection goes away, but it comes back just because I, I love being around them. So we have that emotional connection. We can have that for God. Right? I have intellectual ways that I love my family. right? I, I want to bring goodness into my brain so that I bring goodness back out when I'm speaking to my kids about how to navigate life, when I'm talking to Laura about what the world is like and what you know, good in, good out, garbage in, garbage out. I have to, I have to take care of my mind, guard my mind. Right? And physically... Right? I take care of my kids. I drive them to uh, basketball practice, into wrestling practice. I take them to school, right? I hug them, right? I, we feed them, we clothe them, right? So it's the same thing with God. We love God with all of ourselves, with our emotions, right? with our minds and with our strength. What does that look like for you? A couple other ways to think about how we love God that we find in scripture also. Uh, we can go to the next slide. All right. It's an exclusive love of God. Remember, there was one God, right? Now, we don't worship the same gods that the Egyptians did or the Israelites did outside of the one God, but anything that we love more than God is a false God, right? And, and takes God's place. So Jesus says you can only serve one master. You can't serve two masters, right? So our love for God should be exclusive, right? right? There's only one God that we should love. Surpassing means that we should love God more than anything else, right? That God should be top of the list, right? Even more than people and families and jobs and money and stuff, right? It doesn't mean that we can't love all those things. God wants us to love each other, right? But God's number one, right? Love God, Jesus said, and then love neighbor as yourself, right? It's not an either or, but God is primary, right? Love for God is obedient. We love God, so we want to do what God asks us to do. We trust God. He's trustworthy. And love for God is persevering. It's easy to love God in the good times. It's easy to love God when things are going right. right? It can be hard to love God when things are going wrong because we wonder, God, you can do everything. Why aren't you doing what I want you to do in my life? This is the hard side of it. right? We have to persevere and love God even in the hard times, knowing that nothing separates us from the love of God. We talked about why we love God, because God gives us good stuff, because of who God is, because of our identity, that we are children of God. And there's one more thing that I think that we love God for. And uh, it actually is an old-fashioned hymn we're going to actually sing in our traditional uh, service later at the end of the service. It's a song that says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. We love God because he loved us first. You can't love until you experience love. Right? So God loved us, so now that we've been loved, we can love people in return. Right? And God loves us so greatly. Right? He created us in his image. It means that, that you're good. There's lots of goodness in you. Right? He uh, he named you right. You are children of God. We're created in God's image. He also gave us the ability to choose. And sometimes we choose well and and it's awesome. And sometimes we choose poorly and we hurt ourselves and we hurt other people and the Bible calls that sin. We miss the mark and that brings guilt into our lives. It brings shame into our lives. It brings a physical death into our lives. It brings hell into our lives, which means broken relationships. And God's heart was broken. And so he said, I'm gonna send my son Jesus to fix it. Who he left heaven, he came to the earth. He became a human being while he still remained God. He died on a cross and he came back to life, and he defeated our sin, our guilt, and our shame, and our death, and our hell, and he replaced it with love, and joy, and peace, and life to the full now, and life forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? That's the kind of love that we have from God. We love God because God first loved us, So that's a lot about love today. It's not even Valentine's Day, right? So What's the big idea, what's the, what's the takeaway, what's the main point? I think it's the one I just said. We love Jesus because he first loved us, right? We love Jesus because he loved us first, right? We love Jesus because he loved us first. He showed us how to love and now we can return that love, right? So as a way to respond to this, as a step that you could take to take some action, I, I invite you to pick one of these following things, okay? How do I love the Lord with my heart or my emotions, okay? How do I love the Lord with my mind, my intellect? How do I love the Lord with my strength? Maybe pick one of these where you might feel a little weaker than the other two and say, I need to work on loving God with my mind more. Or maybe I could love God more emotionally with my heart. or Maybe I could give God my strength more. What, what does it look like in your life? Right? What, what could you focus on over the next week? Right? And then uh, another slide here. Is my love for God exclusive? Is it just, hey, there's only one God in my life, only one thing that I worship, right? Is it surpassing? Is it, is it do I love God more than anything, right? Am I obedient to God? Do I love God so that I will follow God, right? Is it persevering? Do I love God in the good times and the hard times, right? Which of these areas might we want to work on? Well, I'd like to invite the choir to come up to lead us in this beautiful song. And as I do, I just want to invite you again to think, how do you love God and why do you love God? And I just want to lift up the example of Jesus one more time, that Jesus loved us, loves us in all the three ways that we're asked to love him. Jesus loves us with his heart, his emotions. He saw that we were not living the lives that we were created to live, that we were encountering sin and guilt and shame and death and hell. And so his heart broke for that. And so he came to the earth and he lived among us and he laughed with us and he, he made friends and he had family and good things happened. But he also had his heart broken as he was betrayed and he was accused of things that he didn't do, right? So Jesus knows what it's like to love us with his emotions, he certainly loved us with his strength. He left heaven to come to the earth, right? He endured torture. He was uh, crucified on a cross. Jesus gave up every last ounce of strength for you because he loves you. And he came back to life. You talk about strength and power to have resurrection. That's what Jesus did for you. And Jesus loves you with his mind. He filled it with goodness. And he shared the goodness in his words in scripture. Right? Goodness in, goodness out. And when he was on that cross and he was hanging up there, you know what was on his mind and his intellect? You and me. Jesus loves you with his emotions. He loves you with his body. He loves you with his strength. He loves you with his mind. I love the Lord. I believe that something good is going to happen to you right now. I believe that you can encounter the love of Jesus Christ. I believe that you can love the Lord. I invite you to open your hearts, open your ears, and open your minds and your strength as the choir leads us in the song, I Love the Lord. Something good just happened to you, brothers and sisters, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Nanyé, John, and choir. You blessed us today. Thank you. To those of you in our modern service, I invite Cole and the band to come up and lead you in your closing song. To those of you here in our traditional service watching online, I invite you to join me in a time of prayer.